Hello, and welcome to the second episode of my Public Sector Technology Roundup. Keeping with the same cadence as last month's episode, we'll highlight some recent news from local and central government, as well as the NHS. So first up, following the release of Socotim's AI guidance, the London Office of Technology and Innovation, LOTI, has released further guidance resources in which it highlights the vast potential of generative AI for local authorities. The technology referred to as GenAI can handle natural language questions, process diverse data types and generate text and code outputs. Lottie, in collaboration with AI software designer Faculty AI, has released a set of guidance documents aimed at local authority leaders, CIOs and staff. These documents stress the importance of ethical considerations, data privacy, transparency and trust when implementing GenAI, while outlining various use cases such as research, personal assistance, image generation and coding support. The guidance also advises caution, especially in high-risk scenarios. It emphasises the need for staff training, data preparation, governance deployment and a focus on safety, fairness, transparency, privacy and security. Despite its potential, the deployment of generative AI in local government is still in its early stages, with some councils beginning to use it for document editing and software quality improvement. Lottie's guidance is based on interviews, expert insights and research, aiming to support London's boroughs in harnessing the benefits of this transformative technology. Now, from the advanced to the accessible, there won't be many, if any, digital leaders in local government for whom accessibility and inclusion is not at the very top of their list. However, in recent news from Glasgow, concerns have arisen over the training provided to bin lorry drivers on a new in-cab monitoring system, according to Catherine Hunter, a local democracy reporter from Glasgow Times. Around 30 staff members walked out in protest after two workers were sent home for refusing to use the devices, which the union argues should come with an extra pay and additional training. It has now been suggested that some drivers may be struggling to learn due to illiteracy or lack of tech savviness. The tablets were designed to enable staff to quickly record various service issues like missed bin collections or pest problems. Glasgow City Council has provided up to three face-to-face training sessions for staff focusing on safe use in the cab, demonstration of processes and hands-on training. Videos and printed materials were also produced while additional training has been offered. However, GMB Trade Union Governor Chris Mitchell raised concerns that older members who struggle with reading and writing may be too embarrassed to ask for extra training, especially regarding the new electronic recording devices. Some workers are not tech-savvy and face challenges in adapting to these technologies that are now part of their daily routine. Mitchell highlighted that the council has provided extra training, but that some workers may be reluctant to discuss their difficulties in a classroom setting due to embarrassment. Despite the challenges faced by some workers, the council continues to offer additional training for staff members who require further support to familiarise themselves with the devices. Now from local government to central government and from Mark Say, a journalist at the online public sector tech publication UK Authority, comes news that the UK government's integrated data service has reached a significant milestone by obtaining accreditation as a trusted research environment. Dominic Hale, head of strategy for the IDS, made the announcement via LinkedIn, declaring the platform open to accredited users. 
While still in its public beta form, the accreditation affirms the IDS as a secure and safe platform, as noted by an Office for National Statistics spokeswoman. The accreditation process was conducted under the research strand of the Digital Economy Act by a team from the UK Statistics Authority. Developed in collaboration with the Office for National Statistics, the IDS claims to provide readily accessible data for analysis to inform policy decisions and enhance public services. The ONS spokesperson emphasised that this achievement resulted from a collective effort involving collaboration across civil service and feedback from existing IDS users, with plans for ongoing development to maximise its potential. Notably, accredited researchers will not need to reapply for access to the IDS, simplifying user access, with a target of 1,500 users, including those from outside government. By March 2024, the IDS is set to offer a live, self-service platform for accredited users. In other news, in a critical assessment of the UK government's digital capabilities and following on from its evidence submitted by industry, the Public Accounts Committee has raised concerns in its latest report about severe shortages of digital skills within the civil service. This shortage is further exacerbated by the ill-fated headcount cuts, leaving the government with less than half the required number of digital data and technology professionals compared to comparable organisations. The report highlights that government's inability to compete with private sector in terms of compensation for critical roles like data architects and cybersecurity experts poses a significant challenge. Despite the allure of career opportunities and the potential for digital career progression to executive levels, the government risks over-reliance on the goodwill of its staff due to consistently lower pay than the private sector. Moreover, departments are resorting to rationing their digital headcount, including apprenticeships, due to the difficulty of recruiting and retaining skilled professionals. These shortages not only hinder the government's ability to meet its digital transformation goals, but also jeopardise the overall efficiency and effectiveness of government operations. To address these pressing challenges, the report recommends that the Central Digital and Data Office, or CDDO, step in to prevent counterproductive cuts to digital headcounts as the government seeks to double the size of its digital workforce. Departments are urged to quantify the impact of digital skills shortages on their operations and programmes, taking corrective actions such as programme scaling and transparently acknowledging delays and missed opportunities. Now over to the NHS, and in a notable recognition of its achievements, the NHS Shared Business Services, or SBS, has earned a spot as one of the top workplaces in the technology sector, according to the Great Place to Work. This accolade follows a period of significant organic growth within the organisation, marked by the creation of over 300 jobs and a remarkable increase in turnover to exceed £100 million. The prestigious list of best workplaces in tech, which is based on anonymous input from 100 thousand professionals in the UK technology industry has been running for six years. NHS SBS Managing Director Erica Bannerman expressed the profound impact of technology in healthcare, emphasising its transformative potential. While healthcare has witnessed remarkable advances in clinical technology, NHS SBS aims to extend this transformation to corporate services, such as procurement and payroll. The organisation recognises that cost savings translate to saving lives, and by promoting a digital-first approach across the entire NHS with its inherent inefficiencies, they are enhancing the 
the lives of both patients and staff. This achievement follows closely on the heels of NHS SBS's being awarded the title of Finance Team of the Year for its exemplary data transition efforts during the integrated care overhaul in 2022. And finally, the NHS Innovation Accelerator, NIA, has called upon innovators in the field of health and social care to join the latest round of its national level accelerator program, supported by the Accelerated Access Collaborative and the Academic Health Science Network. The NIA offers tailored support for innovators in collaboration with organisations like NICE, NHS England and the MHRA. For the 2024 intake, the programme is looking for innovations addressing health inequalities within the NHS England Core 20 plus 5 approach, which targets health disparities in adults and children. The call this year is also open to innovation supporting carbon reduction solutions, putting net zero as a core concern for the NHS. That's all we've got time for this week. Thanks ever so much for tuning in to my tech roundup. I've been Austin L from Codurance, and we look forward to having you join us next month.